0: 2017, how many of you never thought you'd be here? Go ahead. Just be honest. Some of you, you, you had your doubts, right? You did. Hey, how many of you wondered if this church would be here in 2017? That's a different question for you, isn't it? Here's the reason I ask that. Did you know that we just finished our 70th year as a body of Christ together? 70 years now how many of you guys are under the age of 70 how many of you here you're under 70 just raise your hand look at that all right hey guess what there this church has been serving this church has been worshiping this church has been teaching this church has been caring for this community longer than the majority of you have even been alive there have been people here in East Brainerd who have made a commitment, who have said, I am going to put God first in my life. I'm going to look to the scriptures as my guidance, and I'm going to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, no matter where it is it might lead. And I'm going to let Jesus shine. And for the last 70 years, the East Brainerd Church of Christ has been a beacon of hope, and it's been a beacon of peace, and it's been a beacon of It's been a beacon of truth right here in this place. And man, it's great to be a part of. Now, let let me, I saw all the hands that went up that said you were under 70. Anybody here that was here in 1946? Anybody here that was here in 1946? Everybody's looking around. I know, everybody's looking for Richard. I know, that's who you're looking for. See, he didn't think he would be here in 2017. Everybody's looking for Richard. You're looking for people saying, wait, I, I know, I bet they're so… You look through here and you know what you realize? The people that were here for the most part in 1946, they're not here anymore. And yet the body of Christ remains. The body of Christ is still here. The, the Christians who are worshiping here are, are, are still united and are still together. There's been a lot of changes since then. The faces have changed, the, the locations have changed, from East Brainerd Elementary School to, to um, being in the, uh, what is now, what, the, the, the lodge building that's, that's over here on the corner, and, and now being in this site now for over 40 years, a lot of things have changed. Gas in 1946, you know how much gas was? 16 cents. 16 cents a gallon for, for gas in 1946. Population of the United States. 152 million. We've now doubled that and we're over 300 million. If you were to turn on the radio, you would hear Frank Sinatra and Perry Como. Today, you turn on the radio and you're not sure what you hear, but there's something that's playing. No, you can hear Adele and you can hear Sean Mendez, And if you If you watch, uh, you know, if you watch the New Year celebrations, you can see Mariah Carey do bad lip-syncing. I mean, all that is, is present now in 2017. 1946, English Prime Minister Winston Churchill declared that there was, had become an iron curtain of influence that had fallen over Eastern Europe. Today, the Iron Curtain has fallen into history books, but now we talk about ISIS, and we talk about terrorism, and we are concerned about bombings just like the one that took place in Istanbul just yesterday. A lot of things have changed, but some things remain the same. And in 1930, or 1946, 35 souls worshipped at East Brainerd Elementary School. And today, the membership of the East Brainerd Church of Christ is pushing 1,000. That's cool stuff. That's cool how God is working and how He continues to move through, through the years and through the decades and, and through the generations of people. And it's great to be able to celebrate how that, hey, we've got past our 70th year, but I need to warn you about something. The average lifespan of a church in the United States, 70. Yeah. And if you're on the high end, you make it to 80. You do. We're right in that point. We're right in that point where it can be very easy. It can be extremely easy to become complacent and to become very satisfied and to begin what is seen as this long, slow decline into what eventually becomes history where people talk about the church that used to be at East Fraynard. It's a cycle that so many congregations go through. And, and many of you have been in places where there has been great ministry and there has been huge success and great things have been done in the kingdom. And you've been a part of different congregations through the years that now those congregations are no more. Those places of worship are now used for for other venues. Seventy years is a long time, but I don't think 70 is enough. I, I don't think 70 years has been enough to accomplish God's goal for the East Brainerd Church of Christ right here in this community. And the reason that I say that is because when you look at the average and we say it's 70 to 80 years, normally by the time a congregation gets to the age that we are at 70, that decline has already begun. You can't talk about how your membership is approaching 1,000. You talk about how that we're trying to maintain the 200. How that we're trying to just hold things together. You don't hear churches talking about needing people to come on Tuesday morning at 9 p.m. in order to unpack boxes of food so that we can pack 3,000 bags to send out to students across this area. That's not what's on the minds of congregations when they hit 70. Because usually at 70, it's in retirement mode. And it's just time to lay back and it's time to take it easy. But I don't think God is finished with what He wants to do with this group of people here and in this year. And so, as we look forward to 2017, I just want to, I want to share with you just a couple of things from Scripture this morning that I think backs up some of the feelings that I I have. See, it's my job to motivate you. All right? I get paid to brag on God. That's my job. I get paid to brag on God, and through that bragging I hope that it motivates you in the life that that you live and the discipleship that you you end up walking. Uh, Over 50 years ago when the Dallas Cowboys uh, had their first football season, Tom Landry was a beginning football coach, and it was a terrible year. In fact, the Cowboys lost every single game that year. But late in the season, there was one particular game where the Cowboys just came running out of the locker room and they were filled with enthusiasm. And I mean, they raced each other to the sidelines. And a reporter caught up with Coach Landry as he was coming out of the tunnel. He said, Coach, how in the midst of of such an agonizing season can you still manage to motivate your players to come out and play with such enthusiasm? He said, it's easy. I told him that the last 11 to the bench had to start. Now, whatever it takes... All right, whatever it takes to get you motivated, whatever it takes to get you out there, that's what we're going, that's what we're going to do. God's people, the Israelites, came to a, a pivotal moment in their history. They came to the land of promise, and you might remember that there were certain individuals who were chosen to go in and, quote, spy out the land. They were to go in, you can read about it in Numbers chapters 13 and 14 and And on into chapter 15. And they were to go and look at this land that God had promised for his people. They were to be the first descendants of Abraham in over 400 years to step foot in the land of promise. And so they go. And then they come back. And if you haven't heard the story before, I want to remind you of of what was said. This is Numbers chapter 13. Beginning in verse 25. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole company of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This was the report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit that it produces. But the people living there are powerful. And their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there. Now, understand what they went and told the people. They basically went and told the people exactly what God had told them before they ever left Egypt. Before they left Egypt, God told the Israelites, I'm gonna take you to a land and it is going to be plentiful and it is going to be overflowing and oh, yeah, it's going to be occupied. And so they come back with this report. Guess what? The land is plentiful. The land is overflowing, and the land is occupied. Now you would expect then that what would happen is that everyone would begin to praise God because of what He said months before, and now it's coming true, and they realize we can trust this God who rescued us from Egypt. That's what you would think. Well one at least spoke up and said something sort of like that. Verse 30, Caleb quieted the people. And as they stood before Moses, he said, let's go at once and take the land. We can certainly conquer it. All he's doing is echoing what God has already told them. He's saying, listen, I'm giving you the land. But here's what happened. The spies went into Canaan not to to scout out the land. They went to see if they could take the land. They didn't go to scout out and to find out exactly if God's promises were true. They went to find out if perhaps they could, on their own merit, and their own strength, be able to take over the land that had already been promised to them. And so, they came back and, and said, we can't go up against them because they are stronger than we are. And so, they spread a bad report about the land amongst The Israelites, the land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants and next to them, we were like grasshoppers in their eyes. Now, how did they know? Did they ask them? Did they go and say, excuse me, do we look like grasshoppers? No, that's not what they did. But here's what happens. When you do not go through life with a godly vision, When you do not see things from God's perspective, your own personal vision will amplify whatever it is that you're determined to find. These spies went into a land determined to find a reason that they could not be successful. And for too many of us, that's just the kind of approach that we take, whether it's a new year or whether it's the, the same old year. There are certain things that we just expect to find, we expect to have happen, and then it just becomes a life-fulfilling prophecy, and that's what goes on. You know, if you're an individual or a church and, and you want to be afraid this year, then there are plenty of things that you can find that can cause you to be afraid. You can be afraid to go to Hamilton Place Small because of all the crazy things that have been going on there recently. You can be afraid just to get in your car and drive down the street. You can be afraid to go to work. You can be afraid to go to school. Now that might be a good one, guys. You might need to be afraid. I don't know. But you can be afraid to go to school. You can be afraid to enter into new relationships. You can be afraid to begin new ministries. You can be afraid to begin tithing to God. There are all kinds of things that you can find that can fill your life with fear. But let me tell you, when you live with your own vision and not God's, then you amplify whatever it is that you're determined to find. And you forget all the things that God has done in the past. God brought them out of Egypt. He brought them into the gateway to the land of promise. He was able to feed them during this journey. He gave them water during this journey. He made sure that they were protected during this journey. And yet, when they got there to the doorway, when they got there to the gate of what had been promised, they said, I just can't see it. I just can't I just can't see it because here's what happens when you go through life and you don't see things through God's eyes then you end up using your own wisdom to verify God's will you end up looking around and seeing if things make sense or not you end up trying to figure out does it make sense to be a part of this does it make sense to to do this Hey, those spies came out. They said, we gave a logical report. It made sense. The land had a lot of good stuff, but there were some big people there. It just doesn't make sense now to go and to try. We don't even have really an army. How are we going to do this? Let me tell you, I've heard for a lot of people that have asked questions through the years that I've been here. We've asked questions such as, how in the world are we going to pay down the debt on this property? How are we going to do that? Do you know that in 2017, in August, this property is going to be bought and paid for? It is. No debt on this property. Because that note is going to be gone. A note that so many of you have sacrificed for. A note that back in 2011, we had a special time, a Harvest Sunday, where we said, Lord, we're asking for $250,000. We're asking for 250,000 that we can put on the principle of this note. And as a congregation and the body of Christ, we came together and we didn't get 250,000. Because we got 310,000. Y- y'all can clap anytime you want to on this good stuff, all right? Don't just sit there when you hear about good things that take place and it's like, oh, amen. Amen. mm 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 Amen. No, that's great stuff. And I've heard that people say before, when we first started our school supply drive, Something that happened before I even got here. It was in the imagination of individuals of, hey, let's give school supplies to children who are in our area. Let's start with the inner city, and and let's see then, well, how are we going to do this? I don't know. We're we're just going to put people together, and we're going to come together, and we're going to get the supplies. And, well, let's just not do the inner city. Let's expand this out to other people in Chattanooga. Well, I don't know. How are we going to do that? I don't know how we're going to do that. But this is something that we're going to work on, something we're going to pray about, and it's something that we're going to do. And it was, my, it was my first school supply drive. You might remember that I got to put the headphones on and be on the radio and telling everybody how excited I was to be at the East Brainerd Church of Christ because we had this great school supply drive going on. Over 3,000 students were coming in and getting supplies. We were handing out hot dogs and we were giving out Cokes. And the guy goes, and tell us, pastor, where is your church located? And I didn't know. I was new. I'd only been here a month. I didn't know what the church address was. I said, get off on the East Brainerd Road exit, drive to Taco Bell, and hang a left. I mean, (laughs) that was the best that I could do. And, and then we go through that ministry and opportunities come. It's like, all right, we've been doing this, but there's just this school that's right down the road from us that, that I think we could get more involved in and, and maybe we could be actively involved in some people's lives. And we said, well, how are we going to do that? And Jeremy Davis says, I don't know. I'll go down there and talk with them. And before we know it, Jeremy is the president of the PTO at East Brand Elementary School and he didn't have any kids at East Brand Elementary School. And we're hosting for them back to school parties so that the the—, the The kids can have a great time with their parents, and the teachers can have opportunities uh, to mingle. And and you go from that to the the snack pack ministry we talked about that we're involved in right now. And it starts out with just like 200 snack packs, and now we got 3,000, and we're trying to feed a thousand children each and every month. All right, and yet there's still 7,000 students, perhaps even getting close to 8,000 that are in need of having this ministry. And we look and we say, how are we going to do that? Here's the thing, guys, we can how to the will of God to death, and we can ask question after question and go, I just don't see it, and I don't know how. But when God brings something and lays it at your doorstep, and I think about all of our brothers and sisters from Brainerd who have been with us now for two years, and at Brainerd was a congregation that birthed us 70 years ago. And yet, that cycle that we talked about, it happened and it occurred, and, and so we opened up our arms and said, anybody from Brainerd that wants to come, come and join with us. And we have English speakers, and we have Spanish speakers, and when that opportunity came and was laid at our doorstep, guess what we said? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? But we had, we had leaders who said, you know what, we don't know how, but we know that God will. And we said to our brothers and sisters at Brainerd, come and be a part, and let's serve God together. When we use man's vision, then we will use our own wisdom to try to verify God's will, and it's just not gonna work. And there are things that are gonna come up in 2017, and we're gonna be asking, how are we gonna do that? How are we gonna start this ministry? How are we gonna teach these people? How are we gonna feed that family? How are we going to work in this community? How are we going to handle the changes that are going on in our culture and in our society? And we're not gonna have all the answers, but what we do have is a God who says, if I have led you to the doorstep of Canaan, then I promise that you can walk into the land. That's what we have. But when you have a poor vision, It justifies a life of desert existence. See, I've said this before, and I want to repeat it to you. I think there are too many Christians and there are too many churches who are attempting nothing and accomplishing nothing and doing nothing and calling it normal. We have baptized wandering and walking around in circles as normal in most of our churches. And something is wrong when the people of God settle for camping on the outside instead of going and living as victors in the land that God has promised. We've had 70 years, 70 years of influence in this place, 70 years of lives being transformed, of marriages being restored, of individuals being baptized into Christ. Seventy years of light bills being paid and and 70 years of of people huddled around one another in hospitals and and holding hands at the funeral homes. We've had 70 years of of bleeding together and we've had 70 years of uh, of rejoicing together and watching one another's children grow up and, and praising each other's grandkids. We've had 70 years together, but we cannot get too comfortable here. And lose the vision that God has for us. Because it's so tempting. It's so tempting to be able to say, you know what? We've made it longer than so many have. And we've come through some bumps. And we've come through some difficult times. And we have got here. And we are steady. And things are at a good spot right now. And it's so easy just to say, let's just enjoy where we are. But God called us out of Egypt in order to bring us to Canaan. And we're supposed to be conquerors. And we're supposed to be asking, what's the next ministry that we can add? Who's the next individual that we can study with? Who's the next family that we can love? Who's the next outcast that we can welcome in? Where's the next coat that we can give? What is the next thing that God has planned for us? We never thought that we would be in Peru with Jeremy and Whitney Davis and the girls. And you think, what good is a family of four and a couple of their friends going to do in this country that's so vast, in a city that's so large? And yet, there they're going to be, becoming a part of the local community, living and working in that place, intent on sharing the message of Jesus. And from our own understanding and from our own sense, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. But they're not afraid of giants. They have vision. And they truly see that God has called them to be here in this place, in this time. And that's why, that's why it's so exciting for me to know them. And last week as we were talking to them and singing with them and being able to to share in a worship together with Jordan and Jeff as they were here before they left to go back to Dominican. You think about all these different ministries that we're a part of, not just here, but across the globe, and those people inspire me. Those people who say, you know what, I'm not going to stay where it's easy, and I'm not going to stay where it's comfortable, and I'm not going to stay where I know the language, and I'm not going to stay where everything makes sense. Instead, I'm going to go where the leading of God is calling me. Bring on the Giants. See, I have the opportunity week after week to talk with you and attempt to motivate you to visualize a God who has called us to something greater. And the motivation is critical. See, I'm determined to motivate us as a church to charge into the next chapter of our history. I want us to be able to conquer another 70 years together. Because I believe that God's people still have a land to take. I believe that we were saved not to stay safe, but we were saved to be sent. And our mission is to go forward and compel others to be followers of Jesus. Because one day, our history is going to be written. And what are people going to say about this generation? We saw the giants, it says. Caleb said, let's go at once and take the land because we can certainly conquer it. 2017 is going to be an awesome year. And the reason I know it's going to be an awesome year is because our God is in 2017. He's already seen the year. He's already gone before us. He's already ahead of us. He is already preparing the way. And so, I want to encourage you to dream big dreams for God. No matter if you're one of our children, a part of our children's ministry, if you're one of our retirees, if you're somewhere in the middle, if you're somebody that's been here for almost 70 years or seven days is as long as you have known East Prainer Church of Christ. I want to encourage you to dream big things for God and to listen to His leading and to go where He sends and to not worry about the giants because He has called us to be victorious and our God is able.